Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. My name's Marcus Speller. My name's Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Macho Man Randy Savage. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the preview show. Of course, Macho Man Randy Savage isn't here. That was a clever disguise by Pete Donaldson. Not that clever, he's dead. <laughs> Fashion sense is similar though, isn't he? Do you remember actually around around the time that happened, it was it was when you know every now and then one of those like really real oddballs will will gain some traction about claiming that the rapture is about to happen. Mm. That, yeah. that had happened in, in America, and there was a guy who was saying that effectively everybody that was worthy would would ascend to heaven and everyone that wasn't would stay here and it would become some sort of hell. And the next day, the, the proposed day of the rapture, the mm. only person of note who died was Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think he was the only person deemed worthy. There's an amazing video of Macho Man on, um, I think it's going live or certainly one of those Saturday morning kids TV shows. Oh, wow. And he's dressed mm. in all the get up and his voice is utterly oh, terrifying yeah. to yeah, yeah. every single single child sat around him and then when you stop stop to think about it and really process it and i'll talk a bit i've talked a bit about it to pete before you think 
actually, when you break it down, no one else on earth has ever spoken like that. His, his, t- the timbre of his voice and his tone is unbelievable. It, sounds, yeah. it doesn't even mm. sound human. It's mm. mental. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's, that. It's, it's like it's that. Crazy. Yeah. The, think of the diaphragm work. My goodness. My goodness. Well, it's a good start to the preview show, talking about Macho Man Randy Savage. Luke, is there, uh, is there anything going on at our patron at the moment? Yes, there is. Our Patreon is a it's the place to be. Oh yeah, it is the, the <laughs> absolute place to be. It's like uh, a disco. Patreon, it is a bit like a disco. There's uh, little <laughs> finger sandwiches. There's um, those party ring biscuits. Uh, there's a bit of Backstreet Boys on the PA as well. Clowns popping in in the form of us. Yep. Yeah, that's actually the, more, the most accurate. Um, Patreon.com forward slash football ramble day. Lots of extra shows, including Ramble On, including a mailbag. Um, I've put uh, an interview I did with the creator of Sunderland Till I Die on there for Patreon subscribers only. There's a Discord that Andy Brassel joined yesterday. Oh. All sorts of chat going going on um, it's well worth um subscribing um patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily uh, we'd love to see you over there and thank you to everyone who has subscribed so far oh yes big thank you to those people now gentlemen there's been a little bit of uh, moving and shaking in the football world we go to belgium of course the uh belgium football authorities appear to to be the first football association that have made a decision yeah I mean, on what? It stunned, <laughs> it stunned everybody into silence. There will silence. be no more sparkling water in the foyer area of the building. <laughs> the statue to Philippe Albert is cancelled. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a disgrace. Um, mm. yeah, it looks like the, the Belgium First Division A will be cancelled with the current standings being decisive. Now, one has to say it looks like it's reported, all those kind of words. Um, because I don't think we've got a hundred percent. Some people are re- re- reporting it as if it's the decisions have been made. Other people say it's, it, it looks like they're going to make that decision. The league's board of directors did vote unanimously for cancellation in a conference call on Thursday, and um, but is expected to be ratified by the general assembly on the, on the fifteenth of April. And in a statement, they said. The board of directors took note of the recommendations of the government that it's highly unlikely that games with the public will be played before June the 30th. So it's big big news. They're the the first Mm. ones to blink. Don't play with the public. I mean, that's the main thing. <laughs> play, play with the footballers in many ways. That's that's the worst case scenario of a solution, isn't yeah. it? Just get the fans to finish it. No pitch <laughs> invasions, please. And at the same time... Nothing but pitch invasions, weirdly. Indeed, um, indeed. Luke, what do you reckon to this? Jim's got a, uh, a a take on this, because I know he's got a hot take on it, because he gave it to me while we were, we were waiting to start recording. So oh, for the right? first time in Ramble history, Blimey. I will defer to someone else. Wow. <laughs> Clear the floor. What Luke and I were talking about after we'd spoken about a very odd video that Pete sent us yesterday that he's not explained at all. Careful. Um, was um, <laughs> That's one for the out. patrons, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that the, there is a little bit of a, a, a sense that this might cause a knock-on effect. And, and, and as somebody said earlier, it's as if you know the Belgian FA have blinked. But there's, there was one game to go of the domestic season. Bruges had, had won the league anyway. Well, that's not true, Jim. Was that, they, I mean, they, you know, they, had, they had pretty much wrapped it up, hadn't they? They, they, well, they were no, like, mathematically champions. No, I don't. I'm not? not sure if they were mathematically champions. They were 15 points clear uh, at with the top, one game to go. 
Well, we're with two, <laughs> I think one or two games of the regular season to go, and then it splits off into sort of a playoff situation. I'm, I'm, ah. It's a bit of a different situation in Belgium. So, uh, so, so I mean, yes, it does look like uh, Club Bruges will be be champions, but there there was a little bit of way to go. But the, the perhaps the most uh, contentious one was was Genkir in second and and Chalouar in third, meaning Genk will get the second Champions League spot. But only one point separated them, and 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 I think UEFA are very keen to try and get the leagues to finish, and for for UEFA competitions to finish. So next season we know who gets the spots and so on, because that's mm. one of the biggest things, you know, if, if you for know, God's sake, Jim, you told me that was a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'd love to finish it. Um, <laughs> and, and... Okay, I'm so going to Bruce... finish it for you, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Philippe Albert, you split for Shawa. There you go, finish. Exactly. Let's move on. The statue's back on. Um, <laughs> well, what, what I was going to say was I think there is a sense that um, this would, would be seen as almost, uh, you know, the, the first domino to fall. But mm. uh, as Marcus corrects me, even, even so, the, the situation is a little bit different in Belgium. And I don't I hope think I've that got that right, by the way. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. but the, t- the top six teams go into a playoff. I'm yeah, fairly yeah, certain yeah. that's the case. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you're both. Jim is right, factually, what he says. But Marcus, in terms of the of the, ch- of the format of the league, you're mm. right, and the fact it's slightly different to how we do things mm. over here. For example, yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody's basically going to be going, "Hey, Brussels, back off! We're fed up with you telling us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> we decided we're not having that anymore. Don't try and sneak it in like this." Um, but also, as well, the Jupiler League, as it's so called, which is a lovely name. <laughs> into my DNA um, <laughs> but yeah uh, the, have you seen the trophy for the Belgian league oh, it's a beauty it's an absolute beauty it is absolutely it's like a sort of it's like a half panelled football on a yeah. little plinth it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful is there, isn't there an animal in the middle of it as well I think at the is base there? of the ball there's like a little really? bull or something or, or oh. maybe that just sneaked into the shop I'm fairly certain there's an animal in the middle of it did you just say a bull sneaked into the shop? A, I think there's a bull in the middle of the uh, what, uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the little the little ball that they give away. Yeah, but the idea of a bull photobombing the Belgian champions. <laughs> no. It's, it's, not yeah, it's a like real bull, bull. It's like bullseye. He used to pop into the screen, didn't <laughs> yeah. he? Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. Yeah, in the middle of the trophy is just three darts. Yeah, just exactly. like a pint tankard. <laughs> just really confused. It was the last statue. It was the last award they had at the uh, the shop. It's a very good trophy, and you can imagine my delight when um, I scratched around all morning yesterday mornings for Andy and I to find stories from the continent, and then this fucking Belgian news broke about an hour after we finished. <laughs> so um, that was annoying. But I, I do, I do think um, the the response of UEFA was was pretty interesting, Mark. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah. that about how they said it's a bit too early, it's too premature, and they can't yeah. guarantee that um, they will be allowing teams into um, European mm. competition on this basis. And, and the reason it's fascinating to me is, is chiefly because um, this is an unprecedented situation and the, the, the solutions to all these problems are going to need to be really creative. And there's going to be, as we've repeatedly said on this show, there's going to be no solution possible that's going to suit everyone, that's going right. to be absolutely 100% fair. People are going to have grievances with it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I do applaud the football community for trying to come up with creative solutions to this, but with no end in sight to the coronavirus crisis and the public health being the most important thing, it's probably going to be some time before any of us know exactly what's going to happen uh, after this in football. 
One would argue that it's not even a football issue. This is a public health issue. So then it should yeah. be taken up by, you know, the Merkels, the the the, the, the EU. The leadership should be shown elsewhere. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It should, it should be yeah. political rather than the actual uh, football associations themselves just making decisions uh, within within each other's uh, you know jurisdictions. Mm. Well, one of the reasons I think people are getting antsy, um, we saw. I don't know if everyone's seen it, but there was a um, there was talk during the rounds yesterday that one of the one of the proposals will be. F- following uh, effectively finishing the league abroad in places where the curve is flattened <laughs> and, and the virus isn't a risk which includes china but um obviously that's very very unlikely to happen but the reason that people are thinking in such extreme terms is that they're worried about financial penalties from the from the tv companies and i just feel like right. why is it the the Premier League and the clubs that are under the pressure when it's the TV companies that are putting them on. The TV companies live in the same world that we do. You know, that's, that's outrageous. The interesting development on that over in France, we covered it briefly yesterday on The Constant, is that the, the equivalent in France of BT Sport and Sky Sports have said, um, we're not going to pay you to the French League um, the, the, the final instalment of our broadcasting rights package because you're not showing the games. Mm. So... If that if that is replicated throughout Europe, I mean the knock on effect will be absolutely mm. massive. Yeah. Um. So again, I keep saying it. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it is absolutely true. We're in uncharted territory. None of us know what's going to happen because, as Jim and I think Pete rightly pointed out, this is not a situation that football, the world that just affects the world of football. The world of football yeah. here is not existing in a vacuum. It's in certain ways being buffeted around by all the political and financial and economic problems that are happening all over the world due to this public health crisis and football is not immune and it doesn't exist in a vacuum everything's going to be affected by everything else so mm. we're a long way from knowing what's going to happen put it that way can COVID exist in a vacuum could we play the matches in a vacuum space I'm talking space <laughs> yeah. people oh space ball imagine space balls <laughs> no up or down in space it'd be mad I think get in touch and correct me on that space people Luke Luke very recently uh, interviewed John Hare who was one of the co-creators mm. of uh, Sensible Soccer and there was once a little demo disc uh, on Amiga Power that was um, Sensible Soccer but it was in space and the balls bounced really high uh, so I'm all for that basically yeah, mm. yeah. Well, yeah. I think we're all for that. But, uh, yeah. but mentioning what <laughs> you said about thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> mentioning what you said about football not not existing in a vacuum. I mean, the Belgium authorities acknowledged they could play matches behind closed doors, but said that would put huge pressure on services and it'd be very complicated. Blah blah blah. blah. So, so they're they're mm. acknowledging this. Um, the Premier League clubs are reportedly asking to be able to use five substitutes if the season can indeed be crammed in at some point over the summer. And there are suggestions that VAR would be scrapped as the technology needs people sat in a room at Stockley Park (laughs) reviewing footage, and that may not be feasible. And I thought, yes! Come on! Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it nice to not have spoken about that for such a long time? I know. I love the thought of people going, hang on. You can't have VAR because you're all sat too... The room's too small. Get rid. <laughs> so will the players not be able to go within two metres of each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, there's there's, there's also talk, isn't there, of uh, certificates mm-hmm. of immunity and all that kind of stuff, meaning people can essentially... Um, I don't know if this is going to be the case or if it's even possible. I'm you know, obviously not a public <laughs> health expert or an expert in anything. Um, but there's talk that immunity certificates could be issued to people who are who have passed um, antibodies tests and everything so they can go out and essentially flout the lockdown because they're not no longer carriers of it. So, I mean, I suppose if you got into a situation where footballers were immune... And I suppose it wouldn't be a problem. But then you've got all the other non-playing aspects, as Marcus has alluded to there. But I, I did think, actually, when 
they were talking a week or two ago about how they might condense all the games into a really short period. And there was talk of that thing that Miguel um, covered about some Midlands-based tournament. I did think they'd probably have to tweak yeah. the laws of the game for that to happen because there'd need to be further concessions made on players' health and fitness. But but very, very quickly, just on, 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 the, on the Premier League stuff and on the players, I've been pretty um, interested in the developments that have come over the last 24 to 48 hours about what players are doing oh, yeah. with their wages and what the PFA is saying. And I found it I found it very, very interesting that the health secretary, Matt Hancock, made a statement yesterday which essentially called out yeah. Premier League players and their wages. Mm, and stupid, I actually found that quite mm. distasteful because, yeah, because, because I don't understand, well, I do understand why football players are these poster boys for for excess and for the amount of money they earn and because they're young and, and in some cases, you know, upwardly mobile kind of young men. Yeah, yeah. One one thing that's really, really lazy about it is there's no one focusing on the eighty billion pounds, which is the which is the collected wealth of all the Premier League owners of clubs and what they're doing to to help financially to their staff. For some reason, it all falls on the backs of the players, and I don't like this idea of this piecemeal approach where players are after individually going out and saying they'll take pay cuts. It happened at Barcelona. It's happening in other places. What needs to happen is a top down solution to this, and I'm pleased to see the PF get involved and hopefully they can come to some kind of solution because it isn't incumbent upon individual people who are earning good money to step out and say we'll do this for them it's got to be done in a collective pace I don't really like the way that footballers themselves mm. have to show the mm. leadership individually on all these different issues whether it be racism whether it be money whatever it is there needs to be some kind of organizational structure that the people who are at the top of the game who are paid to make these decisions with the input of the players, of course, can make these decisions on behalf of everyone. So it helps everyone. Yeah. I, 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 I completely agree with you on, on that, Luke. And I, I think um, what's incredibly frustrating about it is that a lot of these players as well, they are, they are young people that have come from, from tough backgrounds from working class backgrounds. They, they are they're people that have done well for themselves uh, by working really hard. And as you say, it's, it's there are owners, there are the, the Richard Branson's, the Mike Ashley's that you can throw these things at. But I think to to say, oh, bloody footballers earn too much, don't they, is is effectively just more populism. It's just more populism. But Jim, exactly right. It's not a footballer's responsibility that a Premier League club doesn't pay its staff a London living wage. That's not for nothing to do with a footballer. They, yeah, can, they, can, they, can show, they can shed light on it. They can support the cause. They can do all that stuff but it's a decision making from the owners of the club the people who technically employ these people and whenever something happens whenever something goes on needs to be showed leadership it always falls upon the players the media the politicians they put pressure right on the players individually and i think that's wrong and and, and where does it scale down where do, where's the cutoff point championship third division I, 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 where do we sort of go well the players have to take a pick up sorry if spurs can't if spurs can't do two months without football then they're a failing business in my opinion with the amount of money that comes in and they're not by the way they make loads of money all the time exactly. they're a big big profit making mm. bad business yeah of course they're not. Of course they're on, not. on the flip side there are a couple of nice stories coming out which is gary lineker has been particularly good he's given a few months of his salary to the british red cross and also chelsea have been offering support to refuge who are an organization that provides support for people who are vulnerable to domestic abuse which obviously right now is is a uh, is particularly difficult so you know it's not mm. like football isn't doing anything 
Yeah. Yeah, I think footballers do um, a lot of charity work all the time and people get criticised if they flaunt their charity work in public and a lot of them don't. I mean, we do hear about a few stories, but I, I, I completely agree. It does, it does my nothing, Marcus, because it's like every mm. every week um, there'll be a couple of Newcastle players down at the Newcastle United Food Bank that obviously is finding it really, really hard at the moment because there's no football, uh, you know, there's nobody mm. turning up to go and watch the football and drop off food, which is a, a national disgrace that we even got fucking food banks in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's a joke. It's a complete not a joke. We saw this though with the um, remember a few years ago with the, the the tax avoidance schemes where various celebrities were caught with their hands in the cookie jar, you know, so to speak. Even though it actually wasn't <clears throat> against the law, I think one or two of them yeah. technically. But as soon as you had celebrities who were caught doing this tax avoidance scheme, which again I believe was a loophole, not technically against the law, although it is naughty behaviour and we don't want to see it. Um, Immediately, the government are pointing the finger at various celebrities going, oh, well, that, they're, they're a disgrace, they're a disgrace. And it's kind of like, well, I mean, I suppose, yes, but are you trying to say that, that, that this is that there's a, not a lot more people doing it? As you say, it smacks of populism. <coughs> Amazon. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you haven't got a cough, you could just say Amazon if you want. You Sorry, go. mate. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I appreciate you. Yeah. I um, haven't got a cough. <laughs> Should we go to Germany for uh, for an interesting uh, little piece of news? Um, in Germany, if they decide to play matches behind closed doors, then Borussia Mönchengladbach fans might well be ready for this. There's an idea for fans to pay to have a plastic cutout of them with their photograph on and all the trimmings um, <laughs> in the stadium with proceeds going to charity. And I thought, well, it's quite an innovative <laughs> idea, I suppose. <laughs> it, it's great because now this is all happening, climate change is, is paused, hasn't it? So we can yeah, just make yeah. loads of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jim. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it is. That will be fun if they do it. It will. Wouldn't they all blow away? What if they blow out of the stadium and yeah. there's just these <laughs> these plastic people floating around? What a the scene, town. though. What a scene. What a scene. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Do you think I'm not all for it? I'm for you're it. All for, you're all for a huge influx of plastic into the natural environment. Good to know. Yes, Bitten. with my <laughs> face on it. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a very wistful hurricane, that wouldn't mm. it? Just it's, it's yeah, it would be people flying around in a pandemic. It's actually a chilling scene. It very much is. Peter, you uh, have you heard about uh, Norberto Solano in Peru? Oh, he got in trouble, didn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he, he was. Did. He was. He was, a, was he arrested for the breaking a breaking a lockdown? So to speak, he was. But the the circumstances of this are very strange, as I'm sure you're about to come on to, Marcus. Hmm. Yeah, well, he's obviously the current uh, assistant manager of the Peru national team. He was accused of breaking lockdown rules going to a party, which happened to be captured on primetime TV show Magali Medina, I think that's pronounced. And the tagline of this show is getting everyone into trouble. So they've already set the stall out. <laughs> Should never have gone on it if that's the tagline. <laughs> yeah. Well, he reckons that he was stitched up and somebody uh, tipped them off and said, oh, Nobby's gone to his neighbour's house for a party. But, uh, but Solano said him and his family went to see a neighbour for lunch and that wasn't a party. And uh, he was taken to the police station and released without any action taken. Where mm. does a lunch end and a party start? <laughs> yes, well, I don't know. It depends on the music, I think. He said, uh, somebody heard the music and tried to be clever and told the TV programme. It's about celebrities and when you're in the public eye, I suppose this sort of thing can happen. And obviously, Solano's had like quite a bit of criticism for, um, for you know, breaking the curfew or whatever. But why is it more being made of this roaming prank show? <laughs> well, well, they're allowed out just knocking about breaking the curfew looking for other people breaking the curfew that happen to be famous 
Yeah. Nobby Solano should be doing what he used to do when uh, Bobby Robson was in charge of Newcastle, um, waking Bobby Robson up at 11 o'clock at night and playing his, uh, his trumpet down the uh, line <laughs> to him. So, And Bobby that... Robson didn't know who it was. Is that if he didn't if he didn't start him, you get the trumpet treatment. <laughs> you get the yeah. trumpet treatment. Can I just say, after a while, I'm fairly certain that even Sir Bobby Robson would have known who it was. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. The mystery trumpeter. I don't think. Yeah, I think old Sir Bob might not have known that. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Staying in far flung places abroad. Um, do you see Son Hyung Min? He's back in South Korea. He's recovering from a broken arm and. But he still needs to do four weeks military service in his homeland. I thought he yeah. he was completely exempt, but he's exempt from the standard 21-month military service as he was part of the side that won the Asia Games um, football tournament, of course. But if the Premier right. League season is delayed beyond the 30th of April, as, as we very much expect it to be, then he might start his military service on 20th of April, get it out of the way. Lovely old job. Yeah, I mean, can't they just let him like do it concurrently with the lockdown? You know, when people have like four or five different prison sentences and they let them do them all at the same time. Oh right, like so, like just like send him a Kalashnikov and he can like just take it apart, <laughs> put it together, maybe film it for YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Polish his boots. Yeah, the Kalashnikov challenge. I, th- I think that's probably <laughs> what it is, isn't it? Like, there's some videos of yeah. him on Insta skipping away and doing various uh, fitness routines, you know, so he's keeping well. I was just going to say, you said lovely old job about doing military service. I mean, it very much does depend what he's being expected to do. Yeah, but I think it's a lovely yeah. old job that he can squeeze it in at a time when it, there's not no football happening. There was always concern about this four-week period. And he's got a broken arm. I mean, how much can he necessarily learn in, in four weeks? If, I, if I've done 21 months and I'm, and I'm fighting the North Koreans next to a bloke who's done four weeks. Yeah. But, but fucking hell, he can put the ball away. Imagine, yeah, imagine, imagine looking to your left and, uh, God, this is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Oh, I'm going back tomorrow. You've just, you've just got here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the whole thing is, is, is actually going to work out particularly badly for him. They're, they're thinking, right, world's on lockdown, bloody fed up with that lot in the north. Let's go over the top now. We need a figurehead. We need someone to unite the people. Son, you're up. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got a good pace. He's the one who can grab their flag and bring it back. <laughs> it's not right. a paintball, Marcus. <laughs> uh, do you want a Gareth Bale update? Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, apparently, he's prepared to put his differences aside with Zinedine Zidane and fight for his place. <laughs> In other words, he's going nowhere. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? He's prepared to put his differences aside. Hello. Um, <laughs> is that Zizou? It's Gareth. Yeah, yeah. Um, why am I not playing? No one's playing at the moment, Gareth. No one is playing. <laughs> so it's, it's, you're not going to get a game anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I'm still on 600 yeah. grand a week, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry. By differences aside, does he mean growing that bald spot that he's rumoured to have? Oh, <laughs> Come on. No, yeah. I just feel with Gareth Bale at the moment. Obviously, he's a, as we know, he's a very good golfer. So he would not really be more than two meters away from anybody on on the old links. Um, so his daily exercise could involve a lot of social distancing very easily. Like. Has his day changed at all? Has his day-to-day changed even slightly? I think I'm right in saying he's got a um, a small golf course in his back garden. Oh, my God. So, so, so he doesn't actually need to leave the house anyway. Yeah. Magic. Well, he doesn't he leave can't. the house, but not the grounds of his house, if you know what I mean. Mm, he can't believe he's like... He probably, I, I, would, I, would, I would have a decent amount of money on the idea that I'm not sure Gareth Bale knows this is all happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, he certainly can't read Spanish, so he won the newspapers. He's like Tom Hanks in Castaway at the moment. Is that right? <laughs> Did you see that uh, with all the, you know, people are trying to obviously 
spread transfer rumours and, and so on and so forth. And there was a thing I was reading the other day that football agents have been telling whoever will listen that ne- the next transfer window will be a buyer's market. And I thought, oh, goody. You can just imagine. <laughs> oh, imagine right. You know that agent right. in goal? Played by Sean Petrie, whatever his name is. It's like Pertwee, people like yeah. Pertwee going, yeah, no, it's just a buyer's market. I'm telling you, no, 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 it's definitely. But <laughs> when is it not? Piss yeah, you're off. not yeah. gonna. If, I mean, if you if you go and watch um, the second season of uh, Sunderland Till I Die, well, yeah. uh, that will not endear you to football agents any more than you already are. <laughs> Put it that way. Right. Marvelous. All right, everybody, let's go for a quick break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. And now it's time for emails with PED. It is time for emails with PD and it's a bump episode of emails. Thank you very much to Chris Little, who's got in touch with Ramblers following uh, on from the brilliant Bacon Boy Meet Van Book Van trilogy. I can confirm <laughs> that in our modest area of Stoke, we have a video van. Oh, uh, wow. It's essentially a Blockbusters on Wheels. I remember this as well, to be fair, but uh, the, the only difference between Blockbusters and this one on Wheels uh, was there's the utter shite to choose from, such as the Sean, <laughs> Sean O'Neill uh, Epic Steel and Hulk Hogan Suburban Commando. They were the oh. art house choices. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. I literally watched Suburban Commando from a video van. And I, I also remember the van used to park at the end of our street. And you go on it, and in the back, you get on the back, on in the, into the back uh, doors of the van. And it was like mm. a little video store inside. There were shelves yeah. down each side with videos Good, on display. Yeah. It, was, it was absolutely wicked. Yeah. Bit of blue for the dads? <laughs> oh, definitely little curtain little bead curtain go through beef curtain bead bead curtain pissing Bennett I've got a very quiet headphone on. Right, hello. Let's clear that up. Hello, Ben Paul. Hello, Ben Paul. Uh, hi, Ramblers. 
I was just going to say, through, through the bead curtain, bang, Emmanuel's <laughs> one through seven. Oh, Emmanuel, one through seven. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Ben Paul, uh, hi Ramblers. I remember a few weeks ago there was some chat about the new laws of the game we'd like to see. I know that chat fizzled out, but I had a bit of an epiphany this afternoon, so I thought I'd share. Now, I'm sure we all agree we all love to see a goalkeeper coming up for a corner in the dying seconds of a cup tie or an important game. So why not encourage that behaviour a bit more in normal play? So my proposition is that goalkeepers be allowed to handle a ball in both boxes. <laughs> I quite like that. That's actually. a great shout. Like a handball situation. Yeah. I, I, I like it. If, like, they shouldn't be able to catch it, but they can like hit it. Parry mm. it or punch it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it's a fantastic idea. If you can sort of like, yeah, you're not allowed to score directly from a hand, but you can throw it to your mate's head and he can nod it in. Lovely. Yeah. Well, if we're doing the whole sort of no VAR thing uh, and, and the five mm. substitutes, I think this is the Family time football. to try all of these. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Craig Norton uh, says, uh, I've got an idea uh, and it's been used <laughs> in chess. Move oh. all of the spot to Antarctica. Uh, apparently, there's, there's a big chess uh, tournament, F-I-D-E, uh, Canada's tournament. Uh, it's going to be starting in uh, two weeks uh, in Antarctica. Uh, and uh, thank you to uh, <laughs> thank you to Craig. Uh, I've just read that. He sent it on the 1st of uh, April. I've just realised it's an April Fool's Day uh, joke. Fuck you, Craig. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> uh, I just got a <laughs> Well, I would Craig. say, Peter, that um, speaking of playing sport in Antarctica, people are stuck for something to read uh, in these in these weeks of lockdown. There's a really good book by Harry Thompson called Penguins Stopped Play. About uh, He runs his own sort of village cricket team, and they have this mad idea to play cricket on every continent in the world, and they play in Antarctica. Oh, right. oh, it's mad. Cool. It's absolutely mad, yeah. Well, Antarctica is the only one that doesn't have any confirmed cases, but I imagine their testing regime isn't really up there with any country, really. One of the things that Harry Thompson found when he was down there is that, um, you know, the great the great Captain Scott expedition, the sort of failed expedition to get to the South Pole, mm. um, they found... He's still there. there. No, th- listen, you, you joke, <laughs> but they found um, his per- a cabin that he used perfectly preserved to the point of where there were socks still hanging up on the little washing line because wow. no one had been there since. It was amazing. Like 100 years, no one had been there. What's that um, stuff that um, like whalers and, and and people who do used to explore? Is it uh, pimento? Oh, Bob Marley or and the whalers. No, no, like the uh, like the, it's like little cans of um, smashed up fat and meat and fruit. Spam. It's like pimento or par <laughs> pomegranate or something. I don't know. Someone can get in touch. Actually, don't get in touch. We'll just get an email full, box full of that. Uh, yeah. I'll Google it. Steve Bull has been calling people on the phone. A uh, very whole, wholesome. Uh, a lot of footballers have been doing this, but I'm really, really enjoying the fact that uh, Steve Bull has been calling a, a bunch of elderly Wolves fans to make sure that they're all happy and Aww. coping. Yeah, I also had um, I had Steve Cook at Bournemouth doing that, and mm. uh, what it really reminded me of was that he, he called this 90-year-old Bournemouth fan, and he was really pleased to hear from him. It just reminded me of you, Pete, trying to call one of our listeners a giveaway a signed shirt. And they just didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, they got. Not only that, they already knew they'd won because somebody had had to email them to get their phone number. I said, well, I'm not playing that out on the show. I can literally oh. went, mate, you won the sign Paul Gascoigne shirt. He goes, oh, yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, right. this, is a, this is a lovely non-surprise that I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we do not have the skills to be on that Peruvian prank show. They would see us coming a mile off. 
Yeah, we get paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would prank ourselves. Joe Zebedee. Um, when Alan Shearer signed for Newcastle, one of his conditions was, of course, that he got the number nine shirt. However, the current incumbent was Les Ferdinand. And oh. Keegan had to tell him he would not be wearing the shirt. He explained that it was just a number and it wasn't important all the time wearing a gold number seven pendant around his neck. A wonderful story, Joe. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> I, I say, Peter, that that video that, you've, um, that you tweeted, which is on your YouTube uh, page about Netbusters, the scenes of... Of Richard Keyes flirting with Les Ferdinand. Oh, and just oh Richard Keyes trying to get in Les Ferdinand's pants is the <laughs> best bit of television. By the way, speaking of that, there's an amazing um, uh, video we got tweeted, which I retweeted. You guys can mm. check it out at twitter.com forward slash football ramble. Um, um, Richard Keyes plays himself in an episode of, I think, Footballers' Wives or Dream Team mm. or something. Oh, Dream Team. It is. Dream Team. It is mm. absolutely amazing. To be fair to Keezy, I know he's playing himself, but, you know, he he, so- he sounds convincing as himself. He's got mm. some chops. <laughs> he's got yeah. some chops. Man. Yeah. I think he's yeah. actually all right. But as you say, Jim, I think what they did is just they... They said, Richard, can you chat up this woman? And they just happened to be filming at the time. I don't think he's aware of <laughs> yeah. the wider sort of situation. Don't make me beg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, actually, he actually says, don't make me beg at one point. Yeah, yeah, he said, come to dinner with me, come to dinner with me, come to dinner with me. I'm blocking the sun from you getting a tan. So it's just too much, Richard. Christ on a bike. Yeah. Uh, Neil Warnock and a baseball ah. ma- mascot. Uh, Jordan Young. Hello, Ramble Boys. Long-time listener and Arsenal supporter. Uh, I recently moved, and while going through old papers, uh, discovered a game insert to a football match here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, between Crystal Palace and a local second division club back in 2009. I remember this match uh, well for several reasons. Uh, I-, I did not remember, though, that the uh, names on the team uh, were really quite good. Uh, Julius Speroni, uh, Nathaniel Klein, uh, a young Victor Moses was in the squad as well. Uh, and after the match we were invited on the pitch for a kickabout and a chat with the players I don't remember being that impressed at the time but to be fair Crystal Palace were not that impressive and the team played even less so the big delight for me though was seeing that Neil Warnock was the manager I don't know how I forgot this but it makes what happened during the pre-match national anthems even better God Save the Queen began with no real announcement except the accompanying sound of a helicopter uh, which is odd until we realised that the baseball mascot uh, the CeeLo a large red cow was being flown in and lowered onto the field while waving an American (laughs) flag during the hall of God Save the Queen he made it safely onto the pitch as the song ended and the stadium announcer uh, asked everyone to stand for the US anthem and to please take off their hats. The anthem was played with the utmost of respect, uh, including Silo or Silo, uh, standing at attention and saluting the flag. Now, I made memory of this was uh, commenting to my friend that was very disrespectful, uh, you know, dropping a mascot via helicopter during the br- <laughs> during God Save the Queen. Uh, and clearly the Crystal Palace manager thought too. Uh, because oh, he no. was angrily gesturing to someone throughout. Knowing now it was good old Neil, I wish I'd taken the time to ask him about it afterwards. I'm sure he had much to say. Thank you very much, John, for that. Lovely. Mm. Lovely old job. And finally for now, uh, Robert Respond. Uh, my friend Lee from Bolton was a pop boy who rode the pop van, van around the streets of Bolton selling fizzy pop and orange juice. Unfortunately, a lot of people didn't want to buy pop in Bolton. However, they had fags and home homebrew vodka in the van as well. Uh, these were more popular. Uh, in 1999, 17 people in, uh, in Bolton were poisoned and hospitalised by the homebrew vodka. Uh, my friend Lee was never charged. He doesn't listen to the show, so imagine his surprise when the cops smash his front door and after this. Fuck him. Thanks and hugs. Your Uncle Bob Bob. My God. Uh, just a quick one from uh, a man called uh, Hamish, hilariously. Um, bacon Boy, Marcus, on, was the man on. who ran the bacon round called Alan Bryson? 
No, I don't know. I'm afraid I don't know how no, much. No, yes, mind. it was. Well, no, he's I gone. don't know. Okay, right. <laughs> just say yes. Yeah. Just say yes. I Thank you. And that is the end of the email is. section. Exclusive <laughs> for Patreon subscribers. An interview yeah. with Marcus's bacon boss. <laughs> he's on statins. No, it was. It was, <laughs> it was like uh, it was like some sort of. Um, very uh, convoluted gang situation. You never actually met the leader. You only met the person who was oh, one I, step up from you. Just do balaclavas. Like, <laughs> like West Side Story, but more salty. Yeah, absolutely. Just picking up the bacon in, a, in, a, in an empty car park. <laughs> you got the merchandise? Yeah, I got the merchandise. That's the end of the email section. Is it Satriali's Pork Store in Sopranos? <laughs> Could well be. Right, everybody. Now it's time for Time Tunnel. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? Time tunnel. Oh. Jim, you suggested this episode, I think, but it was suggested to you by a listener. Is that correct? It was indeed. It was uh, it was tweeted at me, um, and it's a show from uh, from 2014, isn't it? Yeah, it's the 6th of October 2014. The uh, the episode is called Boca Moist. That's Boca Moist. Right. And I think it was a particularly lazy week for us because when I looked at the synopsis for this episode, of which I believe... I was in charge of writing at the time. Um, it just says the following. Uh, Jim reduces the show to rubble and the others try their hardest to build it again. In the end, football is not the winner. Now, to give you guys a bit of context <laughs> about this, this is from the 2014-2015 season. Um, Chelsea won the league that year. It was the season that Cesc Fabregas was just amazing. Mm. I think he had loads more assists than anyone else. Arsenal, for their, to their credit, came third. Uh, it was the se- I think it was the first season that Pochettino was at Spurs. Um, it was the season that Tim Sherwood took over at the final part of the season for Aston Villa. It was when West Brom went through three managers, uh, accumulating in Tony Poulis, who, who managed to, to save them. Queen's Park Rangers were relegated in bottom. Uh, Hull City and Burnley went down with them. And the top four was Chelsea, City, Arsenal and Manchester United in fourth. Now, the reason Jim reduced this show to uh, this entire show to rubble is because we had a classic Premier League managers, hardest managers chat. And Jim first introduced the idea of the Sandy ball bag. Yes. Um, so this is, um, there's been a, you know, this has sort of gone down in Ramble Law, really, isn't it? The idea of the Sandy Ball Bag. And I think a lot of people forget that we weren't saying that Sean Dyche looks like a Sandy Ball Bag because you, you can think that, but that's on you. What, um, yeah. what we were saying was that he sounds like one. Like if, if, a, if a ball bag that had been at the beach all day and been rubbed up a bit the wrong way, like had a bit of sand in it, probably hurt by the mesh that you get in a lot of modern swimming shorts. Um, if that kind of ball bag had a voice, it would sound exactly like Sean Dyche's. And, yeah, and that's it, what... That, that was sort of very much the, the centrepiece of the show, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's even more ridiculous saying that than saying he looks a bit like a ball bag. Yeah, yeah. but you know I'm right. Mm. But the thing, the other, the, the other thing that was that was interesting about it was the fact that um, we had this hardest manager uh, chat. Mm. And um, can you guys? I mean, if you've listened back, then you'll already know. But if you can, if you haven't, can you guys remember who we said the hardest manager was at that point? Was it Dyche? No, he was in the conversation, but it wasn't Dyche. I've listened back to it. I did, was it Pearson that was saying Nigel yeah. Pearson? Oh, which, if we had the conversation now, would probably still be the case. No, yeah, Dyche, I, think so. I think Dyche would get a shout. But what about Big Daniel Farker? 
Well, yeah, Farker would be in the conversation now, and I, I sinister. I, Exactly, because that voice is is hiding a lot, isn't it? We yeah. we said it before. We, the concern with Farker is that if he uses his real voice, it will end the world. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know. That'd be an interesting one. There was a lot of talk about Steve Bruce as well because he could soak up so much punishment. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I think I think these days Nuno's got to be a contender, hundred mm-hmm. percent, and Chris Wilder as well, Chrissy Wilder. Chris Wilder, but Nuno, I think, would be like Doctor Strange. You'd be able to like perform magic <laughs> or something. What about, <laughs> yeah. what about David, David Moyes is back in the Prem? The ferryman? I, I think he's no, a broken No, he's like broken. Yeah, he's broken. It's like the uh, it's like the little policeman in it's like the little policeman in uh, Police Academy where she she's quite quiet, and then when she starts uh, shouting, it's actually yeah. quite oh something snapped. We're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. If he ever snaps, we're in big trouble. Mark, Marcus at one point said, "Would punching Steve Bruce be like running up a sand dune?" <laughs> yeah, and I do. I do think that's right. <laughs> By the way, Pete. Speak, speaking of um, speaking of um, police academy, I think I'm about two or three weeks away this lockdown from watching every police academy. Yeah. I, think, I think we all are. <laughs> yeah. Mission to Moscow. Yeah, no, I, did, I don't yes. observe. I don't observe Mission to Moscow because I go up to and including assignment Miami <clears throat> Beach, and that's it. Mm, when Gutenberg leaves, I've got no interest in it. Okay. Um, is anyone interested in in an episode of Quincy where I think Pele was in the episode <laughs> and he saved the World Cup from I think Legionnaires' disease? That's gonna. That's gonna. Ooh. We're gonna run out of films at some point. We're gonna. I'm gonna find that episode of Quincy. How is that, do that not in there? Ahead of fucking playing for keeps. <laughs> How is not Jonathan Wilson involved? He loves a detective drama. He does. Well, um, we're gonna watch a shot at glory between now and Monday, right? Yes. Yeah, by the way, yeah. just one more point on playing for keeps we forgot to mention that he keeps when he's in because he's in charge of the side i mean how old are the children he's in charge of about eight years old or nine yeah, yeah. About nine i think yeah he keeps calling every opposition team they play wankers wankers yeah, was, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I actually wrote that in my notes my notes after watching no. it i i wrote um the weirdest <laughs> use of the word wankers in any film <laughs> yeah, you exactly. just get away with that there can't you well, the thing is that in my experience, Americans, a lot of Americans find the word really funny. I don't think yeah. they kind of, it's, you know, when you're not sort of fully ingrained into a country's culture, you can never really mm. fully grasp exactly the, the, the weight or the meaning behind certain words. Sure. And, and I don't think, I think they think of wanker as being a bit of a laugh, whereas it can be quite severe. <laughs> and to swear. say it and to say it in front of a whole group of, of <laughs> nine-year-olds is kind of a little bit weird. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like uh, it's like in America, and then you you know they're quite big in Newcastle Brown in certain areas. They sort of go, it's not usual bollocks, and they just use bollocks in their adverts. It's really funny. Yeah. And, yeah. Al- and also in Japan, the uh, wrestler uh, Taka, uh, his opening music. Bearing in mind, there's you know it's auditorium full of kids. It's wrestling. You know, kids are into wrestling. Uh, Taka is coming, motherfucker! <laughs> it's like so rude, <laughs> so rude. They just don't have a handle. They don't have that word, so it's fine. Was that? Brilliant burger restaurant in Seoul that did that did the rounds on Twitter earlier earlier in the week. Oh, that, yes. uh, it, it simply the slogan was simply "We believe that other burgers are shit." Oh dear, oh dear! Can, can we go before we move on from uh, Time Tunnel? The reason why we had that hardest managers chat was because Arsene Wenger and Jose Mourinho had a bit of argy bargy on the touchline mm. at Stamford Bridge, which is quite wonderful. Um, so that was that season. Alan Pardew was still in charge of Newcastle. But abroad, there was some interesting things happening. Um, do you remember Gigi Bacali from Romania? Yeah. Mm. yeah. He tried to, he was in prison at this time and he tried to twist the, the, the court's arm um, saying that he should get out earlier, saying no one would mind. I'm no danger. If you let me out of jail, I'll make love, not crime. 
And in, <laughs> and in Brazil, Romario um, got elected to the Senate, winning 63% of all the votes in uh, in the, for the Rio de Janeiro um, And nothing seat. politically so, has gone wrong in Brazil since then. So Exactly. No. So it was, it was quite a, a monumental time, as, as, as all these uh, time tunnels tend to be, you see. <laughs> You know, the Pardew thing's really interesting because uh, he was still at Newcastle there and he was in a terrible run of form at that point. But then I think shortly after that, they went on an amazing run, which have end- ended up with him going to Crystal Palace, didn't it? Yeah. So because I, th- I, think, I think people maybe mistakenly think that Pardew was fired from Newcastle United, but he actually wasn't. He was poached to, take, to go to Palace, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. One had to say that Pardew did an all right job. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Premier yeah. League manager of the month in November of that year. <laughs> That's just a fact. We also did a uh, a, um, a mystery voice game as well, so maybe oh, yeah. we'll bring that out in a couple of months' time. Oh, that was... That, I forgot, <laughs> completely forgot about that, yeah. 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 All right then, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for The Masked Winger. Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. Let's see if we can figure it out. It's the Masked Winger. Speaking of um, mystery footballers, this is our mystery footballer game. Thank you very much to William Bennett uh, for coming up with these clues. Are you ready, guys, for the Masked Winger? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need yeah. your names. I need a name and a guess. Uh, a lot of clues here, so, uh, you know, don't worry about the first two. <laughs> I was born on the 25th of July, 1985. Luke. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say my name because you said don't worry about the first two. I'm cool. going to go for Hatem Ben Arthur. Not Hatem Ben Arthur. Marcus. Thank you very much for mentioning the genius's name. Marcus. Klaus Jan Huntelaar. <laughs> you come nice. Clive. No, no, it's not him. Um, Jim. Number two. Jermaine Genus. Not Jermaine Genus, no. 1985. Um, I have played in my own country as well as Mexico, England, and Turkey, and I'm still applying my trade in the Super League. Sorry, can, nation... you say that? can you say that one again, please? I've played it. Now, we can't pretend that uh, poor connections. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> are, play, are at play here just uh, to Jim get more time. Do you want to question? Do you want? And so does Marcus. They're both absolute shits. <laughs> I have played. <laughs> I have played in my own country as well as Mexico, England, and Turkey, and I'm still plying my trade in the Super League. That's Turkey, mm. Luke. Um, oh, no, it can't be Ryan Barbel because he's gone back to Ajax, hasn't he? I was going to say Ryan Barbel. Mm, incorrect. It's not Ryan Barbel. Number three. The nation I represented have not won the World Cup and have won Copper America to their name. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Luke. Go on, is, Luke. It, is it Rabinho? Ooh. It's not Rabinho. Oh, that's a great shout Ooh. Stop. Number four. I mean, Marcus. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stop, Marcus. Um, Kill oh, Jester. No, I, I was... <laughs> I was going to say Alano, but quite clearly he's not 34. No, it's not Alano. In my first South American under-20s championship game, I came off the bench at halftime to score four goals. Marcus. (laughs) Falcao? Not Falcao. Oh, that's another good shout. Good shout. Good shout. Number five. I was signed for my first English club by that visionary Steve Bruce in January 2009. Marcus. 
Hugo Rodiega. It is Hugo oh, Rodiega, Marcus Speller. Marcus. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I had three managers in 2013, 2014 and was relegated. One of these managers was an absolute nutcase. Uh, <laughs> highest Premier League goal scorer for the, for the club. But left one year before uh, Wigan, wasn't it? Uh, that qualified for Europe. So, Well done, Marcus Speller, for that. Thank you very much to uh, William Bennett for the clues. Well, Great really stuff. Be. Love that. Mm. That's, you've trumped mm. my Alexander Hebb from last year, last week. <laughs> Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. It's the mask we are. I very much enjoyed uh, On the Continent was very good uh, this week uh, Andy Brassel obviously excellent mm-hmm. and Luke you're alright as well I thank guess. you thank you very um, much uh, Andy Brassel mentioned Habib Bey at one point I was like I've not thought yeah. about Habib Bey for, yeah. <laughs> for years for obvious reasons genuinely though I mean if, if people haven't got anything else to do and let's face it not many people have do go mm. back if you haven't and listen to yesterday's On the Continent yeah, chiefly true. because Andy's tribute to oh, Pat yeah. Dioff the great Marseille president uh, is really fascinating I, I knew next to nothing about the guy um, other than the research I did for the show and Andy um, brought it brought him to life in amazing fashion it is really worth yeah. checking out it's the very mm. first story we cover on yesterday's on the continent which you can get the same place you get this show so it is worth uh, having a listen defos Jermaine defos mate mm. there we are ladies and gentlemen mm. um, a quick reminder we shall be watching a shot at glory for Pete's film club uh, which we'll yeah. review on Monday and people should watch it with us shouldn't they they should all watch it ahead of Monday and send they in their own do. reviews yeah, hmm. indeed. I believe it's uh, you can you can see it on YouTube for those. Uh, I'm not maybe. paying for the fucking thing, so it better be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that I had to was going to have to pay for a shot at glory, but fortunately it was on Amazon Prime. I think. So. Mind you, tax deductible, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Is there enough football content in it for it to be tax deductible? <laughs> they might investigate us. <laughs> I've been trying to find United Passion somewhere, and you can get it on DVD for about seventy pounds. FIFA are just unbelievable, aren't they? Honestly, Jim, I would have recommended it for the film club, but it is so vanilla. (laughs) Nothing happens in it. Nothing happens in it. It is. It's not bad. That's the problem. It's just so vanilla. So it doesn't. It doesn't qualify for a for a feature where the whole point is it's excruciating football movies. How have they? It's not excruciating. It's just excruciating (laughs) because it's just like, why is this my job? It's excruciating because of your own life choices. I, th- I think the, I think there's a definitely an undercurrent of of certain um, decision makers in 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 TV shows or movies that aren't proud of their work getting rid of them because there are certain mm. things you just can't find. Do you remember that series that Gervais and Merchant did with um, yeah. Warwick Davis called Life's Too Life's Short? Too short. Yeah. You can't find it anywhere. But like, um. you literally can't get it anywhere. If anyone can get that, show me the link because it's it's impossible to find it. You will get del. You're not very good at computers, Luke. You're going to get deluged. Sorry, mate. You are going to get absolutely deluged. I'll just get loads of links <laughs> to probably some kind of section on Netflix I didn't check properly. <laughs> some stuff behind the bead curtains, should we say? <laughs> right, that's enough. I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry, everyone. Imagine well. <laughs> Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. I'm, of course, back tomorrow with Jonathan Wilson for another Greatest Games. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Thank you. Thanks, Lukey. 
Oh, can I just say before I say goodbye, Marcus, your Blizzard Greatest Games with Tom Holland about England v Belgium mm. was mm. absolutely fan-bloody-tastic. And I can say that without being self-referential because I was nothing to do with it. I just enjoyed it as a listener. Yeah. It was brilliant. So people should check that out as well. Goodbye. Yeah, well, I, I can say that as well because with the Greatest Games podcast, I essentially just turn the lights on and off and let Jonathan and get to And thank you very much, Petey. Could do with a bit more Habib beer. Bye. <laughs> And sometimes it needs help with the lights. <laughs> this was a Stakhanov production. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.